Let's cut the legal jargon and get the straight talk. It's Lauren O'Brien with Legally Blonde. Better get a lawyer, son. You're gonna need a good one to get you out of this well, no, she's uh, she's ditched us again today. God, honestly, I'm not sure what's going on with her, with Lauren O'Brien. She's got all of these clients she's looking after. It's just so rude. I don't know what she's up to. But joining me on the line now today is, uh, is a lady who is uh, very, very impressive. She's the first ever female partner at, uh, at Bray Crag Solicitors. She is just incredible. She specialises in uh, advocacy, apprehended violence orders and uh, criminal law. And she joins me on the line now. Good morning and welcome, Kate Ma. Thank you very much, Tracy. It's wonderful. It's, it's strange how small this world is, isn't it? You and I have known each other since we were knee-high to a grasshopper. And uh, yes. here we are all these years later. We're just getting I old. I know. We're getting old, I know. Love. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't remind me about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. I've got the big five zero next year and, uh, yeah, not, not happy about that at all. Well, well as you know, I've passed that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to – you could have got away with saying, yeah, I know, I'm ha- it's coming soon, Trace. You could have got away with that. No, no, you were, you were two years below me at school, so I can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. No. How are you, my friend? Obviously, um, the death of Queen Elizabeth II, it changed, uh, changed our world overnight, but nowhere has that been more evident than, uh, of course, in our state and federal courts, because for 70 years, every court case began with, uh, you know, a, a court staff announcing the matter of the Queen versus d-d-d-d. How has it been since Friday? Well, I've only appeared in the local court since Friday, so I haven't had anything that appeared different at all. But obviously, we'll now go from the Queen to the King, and where we usually refer to things in criminal proceedings as being Regina, it will now become Rex. Wow. So okay. Rex will be bringing the proceedings uh, against uh, defendants or accused in uh, criminal proceedings. So explain that to me. What's Regina and Rex mean? Well, Regina is just the Queen of the and the proceedings in Australia are brought in her name or were brought in her name and now that we have a king, a king of Australia, it's now brought in his name and that's uh, Rex is the, she means a Latin title. Um, I love it. So it's not just so an Australian thing. It is actually a, a Latin, you know, it's not just us being Australians and calling her Reginald and him Rex. No, no. <laughs> it's uh, the same as in England. So it's one of those things that uh, we, we follow through. Um, there are obviously very clear rules about succession, how it plays mm. out in Australia, and because of the, the rules of succession in relation to the Crown of Australia, while controlled by Australia and part of Australian law, they're kept consistent with the British rules. So what will be the most noticeable, of, you know, for, from someone from an outsider's perspective, what will be some of the most notable and most uh, obvious changes that will happen? Well, talking about... Um, Court proceedings and things like that, obviously changing it from being uh, Regina or the Queen to the King or Rex. Uh, the other thing that obviously there's been a fair amount of mention in the media is in regard to Queen's Council becoming King's Council. Now, in New South Wales, we stopped appointing um, Queen's Council um, in 1992 and they all became Senior Council. Um, the appointment process changed um, and they were senior counsel. So everybody who is senior counsel will remain as senior counsel, but those older members of the bar who are current or were currently Queen's counsel will automatically become King's counsel. Nothing else needs to be done. Um, there are different 
uh, applications in the different states, but in New South Wales that happens automatically. So for those more senior barristers, their title changes, but there's nothing they need to do to follow through with that. Can you still become, like can you, I know that uh, you just said that, you know, you become senior counsel. Can you still elect to become a, a King's counsel or, or that's just gone by the wayside now? No, it's, it's gone by the wayside. Um, it's now uh, a proceed, the procedure no longer has a, an advice of the Executive Council. It's now um, something that's organised more by the profession. So the Bar Association, in consultation with other members of the profession and the bench, um, make the decisions in regard to the appointments to senior councils. So no, there are no more um, Queen's Council or King's Council to be appointed in New South Wales. So, you know, this is going to show their age, but uh, so how old would, would some of the King's Council be now? They're, they'd be in, what, their, their 50s? There wouldn't be any younger ones now, would there? Well, no, considering most people who are appointed uh, would have been uh, practising um, for about 10 years mm. and obviously the change happened in 1992, so between... November 1992 and November 93, the New South Wales Bar Association developed its own system of recognising eminent counsel from amongst its junior ranks, um, which was uh, as opposed to the previous system whereby the Governor, on advice of the Executive Council, appointed Queen's Council in and for the State of New South Wales. So if we're considering it's from the 90s and we're now in 2023... Mm, They're older. There would be older than that. (laughs) They're older and more distinguished, shall we say. There are. (laughs) I know we have that... (laughs) Senior, uh, some Queen's Council in Newcastle is uh, Paul Rosser, QC, mm. who will now be Paul Rosser, KC. Wow. So we still have one local, we still uh, have one local practicing QC. It's, it's just incredible. In yes. 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 Wow. Um, from your perspective, um, obviously, it, it will just be those those paperwork things, I suppose. The fact that uh, it is now now you know, the King Rex bringing bringing. Proceedings before, proceedings. yeah. So that would that be the most obvious and and the That's only thing probably really? the, the most obvious. Um, this time, I gather, will also bring some people who try to use the Queen's death to argue that there are legal consequences that change the way legal proceedings are brought, the validity of laws or the power of the office holders. Um, however, there are numerous laws to make it very clear that the death of the monarch, which in legal terms is known as the demise of the crown, doesn't disrupt legal proceedings, invalidate laws or require officials to retake an oath in order to exercise legal powers. Wow, okay. Because it is still unclear, isn't it, whether appeals reserved by the Court of Appeal will be, will be returned with the Queen as the original respondent or whether it, it will be replaced with the King. Is that kind of the process that you're talking about there, that uh, that there could be some, some you know, technicalities around that? Uh, probably not that. I There's often people who try to challenge the constitutional law and that it doesn't have any effect upon them for various reasons and it would often be at a time such as this where the, the monarch has changed that they may try to say that the laws that were in place therefore don't apply to them. So I think that was more the example I was using mm. as opposed to something more official as you were talking about coming down. It really is. It's quite strange, isn't it? You don't even. And, and you know, I was speaking with the dean of Christchurch Cathedral um, on Friday, and you know, just basic things like you know, they now sing "God Save the King," and yes. you know, they pray to the King. It, it's all of this paperwork, isn't it, that just has to be changed? There is. Where you look at passports, official seals, and currency, which mention the Queen, will obviously need to be changed. They all remain valid, and the system of change from one act to the next is legally seamless, mm. leaving it a matter for for people to decide 
when and where it's going to happen, but it doesn't invalidate your passport or the currency that we use. It um, seamlessly continues and will just, as things are refreshed, um, will change that way. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much because it is, a, it is a question that a lot of people have been asking, you know, along with the public holiday and all of these other changes that we're going through at the moment. It, uh, it is an interesting time to, uh, to be alive, to see, uh, see the changeover in a monarch. I don't, we'll probably see another one in our lifetime, but uh, for many people, this will be it. Definitely. And it's been so long, obviously, since King George VI passed away that, you know, many people such as us haven't mm. been through this. So um, a lot of the ceremonial matters that happen are things we've seen before so yes it is definitely a time of change and question for people but most of it should occur fairly seamlessly from a legal perspective Mm. at least. Well that's I'm very pleased to hear that. Now uh, how are you going at the moment you got uh, you got some fun on I know that you uh, you specialize in criminal law what made you go into that? I suppose I've always had uh, an interest in, in criminal law and I suppose I can even think back to primary school and getting excited about reading Nancy Drew stories and the famous (laughs) five and then I think I progressed to Agatha Christie and I recall getting my hands on a a um, some police association magazines when I was in senior high school and finding that material fascinating not that I ever wished to be a police officer um always had an interest in doing criminal law and obviously from a defence perspective in terms of um, protecting people's rights because most people don't know what their rights are and they need somebody who has that ability to assist them in a very, normally the most challenging time of their life. So I often feel like a social worker um, Mm. helping people. Not only criminal matters often occur because of drugs, alcohol or mental health issues and it's really a holistic approach to helping clients to not only get the best result in court but trying to help them not to find themselves back in that situation by addressing those other issues. So I really enjoy my job and though there may be repeat types of offences and some repeat clients, you hope that you're trying to make a difference to them which makes a difference to the community in which we live. You're obviously, as I mentioned earlier, you were the first female partner at uh, at Crag. What is the number of females like now in, in the legal profession, in, in you know, barristers and solicitors? What's the numbers like now? Um, I understand, obviously, there are more uh, female law students, so there are more females coming through, but unfortunately there is still a disproportionate number of males being partners in law firms and being in the higher echelons of the legal profession. We still haven't worked out the right way to deal with um, allowing women to progress far, particularly when they have other responsibilities Mm. that seem to fall more on them in regard to family, not only with children, but also these days, particularly with um, elderly parents and other things, that it seems to fall more on women and then they find they're spreading themselves a bit thin. So we have obviously make um, accommodation to have women with part-time and some more flexible work but unfortunately when you look at partners in law firms or directors um, and the upper echelons there aren't as many women as we'd like particularly considering the number of women studying law in Australia and particularly um, in New South Wales and I look at Newcastle Law School that we have dealings with that there is majority (laughs) seem to be young women and I, I lectured only a few weeks ago on a lot of women in the class but unfortunately we don't seem to see them staying there as long or progressing as far and that's something obviously other female lawyers need to um, assist the other Mm. young women coming through to make they can progress and do everything they'd like to do with their career. 
Well, you certainly are a trailblazer. There's no doubt about that. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me today and explaining uh, what the Queen's death means to uh, to our law system. I really appreciate it. You have a wonderful day, and uh, when you see uh, when you see Miss Lauren O'Brien, just um, bash her about the head for me, won't you? But not not in a criminal way. Oh, I certainly wouldn't assault her. It may be with her consent. So yes, I'm please. Innocent. Yes, <laughs> just say Tracy asked if I could slap you uh, slap you about the head. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. It's been lovely talking to you and um, all the best for your trip. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yay! Oh, perfect. <laughs> It'll be a very um, interesting trip, no doubt, with everything that's happening in England. At the it's moment. going to be very interesting, absolutely. Thank you, my friend. You stay safe and we'll chat soon. Oh, okay, you too. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, Kate Ma from Bray Crag, and I thank her for coming in off the uh, off the blocks for uh, for Lauren O'Brien today. Lauren O'Brien will be back with uh, with Murdo next Wednesday here on Newcastle Live. The information provided in Legally Blonde is for general information purposes only and should not be taken as professional advice.